This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. As you know by now, it's Thursday, and that means it's a date day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And every weekday at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word, we get together and take your phone calls and answer Bible questions. However, on Thursdays, it's special because beautiful Paula is live in the studio with me. We would love your live calls and questions. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you are out and you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. So let me get to the person that everybody's waiting for. Hi, Paula. Hi, baby. Thanks for hanging out with me today. You know what? I love Thursdays, right after Sunday, because I used to say Thursday's my favorite day, but I better. Sunday is really my favorite day, but Thursday's my next almost tie favorite day. I love hanging out with you, too. Thanks. Cool. What's on your heart today? Oh, uh, confessions of, uh, our producer just told me that it's gorgeous grandma day. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and he was complimenting me, so, you know, but I was looking at him saying, I am not your grandma, I'm not even your, but I'm kind of his mom. But I'm, I am a grandma, so I appreciate it. He, he, he backed it up with, but you are gorgeous, so I'll take that. But anyway, um, confessions of a gorgeous grandma in her yard yesterday. They had to, uh, me and Jesus, you know, I, um, you know, when we first moved into our house that we live in for over 20 something years, 22, 23, mm-hmm. 23 this month. Right. Yeah. Uh, and last year the house was paid off and stuff. And, and so we kind of started looking for another house and we had found one, uh, but the bank kind of dragged their feet. And by the time they got all their paperwork together, somebody else bought the house that I really wanted. And so, you know, when I go to the forum and shop on my way home, I have to go past that house every <laughs> single time. And so I look over there. And, and the devil's in the car with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the devil's saying, you don't even like those people. I don't even know who those people are. But anyway, um, so confessions of a grandma in the backyard with the Lord yesterday. Because we've been talking about contentment and stuff like that. And so it was kind of like, ooh, maybe, maybe I'm not as content as I thought, Lord. I'm so sorry because when we first we're able to buy the house we live in. I was so thankful, so grateful. I used to get up in the middle of the night going like, I get to live here? This is so awesome. Thank you, Lord. And you know how sometimes when you have something, you kind of begin to take it for granted. I didn't really realize that I had begun to take it for granted because when I had seen that other house, you know how you could see pictures of it. And uh, so I kept looking at the different pictures every day of how I was going to decorate it and, you know, where the furniture would be and stuff. And so um, I was starting to have a better uh, affinity for the almost new house we were going to get and kind of lost focus on the house we have. And so confessions of a grandma in the backyard, I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry because for the last year, I usually I, I you know I, I don't get to change furniture. 
because I live with a guy who, who, who can't, yeah, can't see. You would be sure I was trying to kill you. And so, but I usually do something with the decorations and, you know, uh, do something in the yard. And I hadn't done that. And so in this COVID quarantine, stay at home most of the time, I started looking around the house and I was like, wow, I haven't done anything. I kind of lost my my zeal for my home. Well, Jesus and I, we had our conversation, and, and so that's all taken care of. And then the other, the other <laughs> does thing. That, does that mean we're going to have new knickknacks? Oh, we got some stuff. I, I already <laughs> went over to Lucy's house, and Aaron <laughs> delivered some plants over to me. I love them. And so he already did some stuff in the yard. And I've had some decoration stuff for years just in my garage, but I was going to use it for the new house. <laughs> So I, 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 I've done some stuff. And then the other thing was I was looking on my calendar because I always put down, you know, when the kids, our kids here at church are going to be out of town from what day to what day. Well, Pastor Juan and Lachelle and the family, they're in Puerto Rico. Um, they'll be home this Saturday. And then the Macasadias are in Florida, and they've been there, and they extended their vacation. Um, Pastor Ken and May are in California. By the beach where we usually go? You know what I'm saying, <laughs> Pastor Ross. And, and then Sam and his family are leaving Monday to go to Florida, too. And I'm like, Every, I didn't get yet. Everybody has a vacation <laughs> but me. Yeah. So the confessions of a grandma in the backyard were, it was like the Lord said, it was my fault. <laughs> it was not my fault. You know, COVID happened and you got sick and then California closed down, and you just couldn't go, but it's not my fault. And I was like, ah, oh, no. So I had to confess that I wasn't all as content as I was putting on. Oh, I'm See, good. What the Bible says we had in First Timothy, you should have dealt with that by now. <laughs> usually you deal with stuff pretty quick. I usually do, but, you know, it just kind of sneaked up on me, Pastor. I was sort of semi-content, but I'm all right now. So, yeah. Anyway. I'm so thankful that today is Thursday because what I what I told you today in the house that I really do love and you know um, that it felt like I was on vacation because we didn't have to get up early and I'm with you and so you know what's really sad what's that on a day that we can sleep in uh-huh. we can't make it to seven o'clock yeah, I said does that number does the time start with the seven today I was so I was a little upset. But, See, that's what happens when you get old. Yeah, but praise the Lord, we woke up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was still in the 7 o'clock hour when we finally rolled out of bed, so it didn't take, you know, like, ouch, ooh. So, mm. so now that you've done this, okay. explain to our audience yeah. how you learned the secret of being content in all circumstances. Because I'm sure you got it down now. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, until something else comes up. But you know what? Um, Jesus lives at, at my house, and he provided that house. And it's like, you know how you always say, just be with Jesus? And so as I was just being with Jesus, like in my backyard, my backyard looks pretty pretty nice right now. Um, it's like he's here with me, so wherever he is, I should be really good with that, right? I just had a funny picture. <laughs> because in our backyard. Yes. We've got trees. and We have and all stuff. trees. Okay. The big tree. Okay. But then we have but other the little trees. The big tree and some mm-hmm. other little stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we've got mosquitoes in the summertime yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. And the Bible said he did last night, you know, Abram <laughs> spread the sacrifice cut in half. Mm-hmm. And then the birds are breaking down. Mm-hmm. So the picture I just had was the mosquitoes of the birds of prey. Yes. That were trying to attack you when you're out there trying to learn to be content with Jesus. Yes. And so this is the other thing, because I know them birds of prey out there. <laughs> I put on a full sweatsuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our neighbor said to you the other day, it's yeah. a little hot for that, isn't it? He said, it's a little hot for that, uh, Miss Paula. I was like, yeah, but those mosquitoes, <laughs> if I have on my long sleeve and my long pants, they can't get me. So, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I'm back. I'm good. So you're perfectly content? <laughs> well, today. Today. <laughs> Tomorrow's a new day. So far, I'm doing all right. Hey, of for, a grandma. For, for the audience, if you have any questions or need any encouragement, especially to you ladies, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Okay, i got a couple shout-outs I want to say. 
Hendel, thank you for keeping me updated with Mike. It sounds like um, you're saying his cancer numbers are going in the right direction, and we pray that they continue to go down. Um, and then yesterday I was, you know, Reuben called, and he just starts talking and stuff, and everybody's at home going, Reuben, how you doing? You sound like you're doing well. How's your dad? Just get to the real stuff, and then get your question later, man. So that was a real good blessing to hear Reuben and his father both have um, recovered from COVID, you know, and then Jimmy, same thing. And he just sounded all sad. Yeah, my wife and my daughter, they, they're they healed. It's like, what? Let's celebrate. Where's the balloons <laughs> and stuff, you know? And so, yeah, it was really, really a good thing to hear. And so many people are recovering from this. And praise the Lord, most people have pretty mild symptoms. Others, not so, but it's been really a cool thing. So thank you guys for the updates. And may the Lord continue to bless not only you guys, but um, all those who are struggling with that. So that was that was really sweet. Did you listen to? Oh, you haven't had time to listen to uh, Ronnie's. Yeah. I'll be I'll be listening tomorrow. You will. Mm-hmm. So you want me to talk about it? Yeah. Because I'm gonna ruin it for you if no. I tell you. Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> she called herself the prodigal daughter, and yes, she was. You know, um, she said she had parents that. You know, and sometimes we don't know what love is. She said she had parents who loved her, but they didn't really pay good attention to her. You know, like she fell into a lake when she was three and four, and the parents were in the house partying, so nobody knew she had fallen into the lake. There just happened to be a stranger who saw her fall into the lake, and he rescued her. And other than that, nobody would have known. She shouldn't even have been here. But you know how some sometimes people, and we always say this, people are the way they are for a reason. Um... I don't know how they were brought up and uh, maybe just didn't know how to be people, didn't know how to be parents, and that happens a lot. Her dad was military and, you know, you know one of the One, one of the, the things that the Sweet Summer Devotions do for me, um, we see people after Jesus. We see the work that he's done. We see the transformation in their lives. And it's hard for us to imagine mm-hmm. that they were ever the way they were. And, and when they start sharing their story, mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, it's amazing you survived, let alone turn out this way. People will say, yeah. well, I was mean and mm-hmm. vindictive. And, mm-hmm. and some of these ladies are the nicest people I on know. the earth. Yeah. And um, I, I just celebrate the transforming power of God. Yeah. God is a big and powerful God. And she said that the, the biggest problem, and she said it several times, several times that she's the bad guy in this story. She wasn't trying to blame why she was the way she was on anyone. She was taking full responsibility because even though we may be brought up wrong, we know it's wrong. And we get to decide, am I going to be like that or am I going to be the opposite? You know, if, if your parent was an alcoholic or angry or, or whatever, and it wasn't good, you didn't like it. And so now you get to choose not to be like that. Whether you're a Christian or not, you get to choose um, not to be like that. And But she didn't. She chose to live for herself for a very, very long time. Um, she said she got saved. Somebody asked this in the Q&A. And see, that's why it's really important to be here for the Q&A. Um, so, because she ended up having to tell her age, and I don't want to <laughs> tell her age or anything, but she lived a very long time with just selfishness, selfishness, selfishness. Um, and uh, she's had several children in her selfishness, a couple of ex-husbands in her selfishness, and yet as good as... As bad as she was, God is that much greater and good. And so she has some great children that she's um, very proud of and very much in love with now, uh, who she really ignored. They got the short end of the stick, her words, um, because it was all about her, her career, you know, um, her so comfort. What, so what was the question in Q&A you skipped by? Um, oh, yeah. So how old were you when you got saved? 
And so, I, like I said, I didn't want to give away her, her age, but uh, low 50s when she came here to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. And she, you know, you go to churches, um, but they went to a very legalistic one. And there was a lot of alcohol and a lot of fighting in her home, but, oh, you can't wear pants, mm -hmm. you know, um, that kind of stuff. Just no cutting of your hair. But those are just outward things. Nothing changed in the heart. Yeah. Legalism never changes anything except to turn us more bitter. Yeah. We become sour Christians, yeah. you know. Yeah. So thank you for keeping me back on track. Yeah, that was that was huge. Um, but when she came here, she said, I heard this soft-spoken man who pulled no punches. And she came to the realization, I'm being taught the Bible. I'm being taught the Bible. And one day, um, that soft-spoken man, you, Pastor Ron, gave an altar call. And that was on um, in April of 2015. Wow. So she's only been saved five years. Yeah. And just the difference. And one of the other ladies commented, um, that's a beautiful testimony of God's forgiveness and love because of the humility. Like you're saying, if we would have known her back then, the comparison to now, it's, that's two mm -hmm. different people in that Second Corinthians 5.17 for sure. Anyone who's in Christ is, you know, the old has gone, the new has come. And man, with Ronnie Brokaw, I can't imagine, you know, she's telling the story. It's like, girl, don't lie in church. You know, <laughs> but it's just, it's like, wow. And she said several times, I'm the bad guy in this story. And, but she took full responsibility for her own actions. And now we would be so much better off, like confessions of a grandma, if we um, would take full responsibility for our own actions instead of trying to point the fingers at, well, I did this because. See, well, I think one of the, one of the keys in, in taking full responsibility is is being courageous enough to deal with your sin. I'll just use you as an example. I know you were sort of half jesting, but not completely. Um, when you, you deal with, I'm not content with my house. You know, why, why am I looking for something else or longing for something else? Um, and for most of us, we'd say, well, that's not a, a bad thing. You know, that's just a normal thing. But it was something the Holy Spirit was prompting your heart mm -hmm. to deal with. Mm -hmm. And uh, the same for Ronnie. As she came to the Lord, she had realized that it can't any longer be about her. Now, most people would say, well, you know, you get to indulge yourself. And, and it is about you. God loves you and he wants you to be happy. Mm -hmm. And yet the truth is the Holy Spirit's crying out, no, I, I want you to be new. I want you to be new. And if we don't keep short accounts, Paul said I ex that we ought then to examine our hearts daily to see whether or not we're in the faith. And that's not talking about salvation. Are we walking in faith? Are we walking in the faith? Mm -hmm. And uh, that can only happen if we are um, truly letting the Holy Spirit have his way in examining and convicting our hearts. Yeah, yeah. She actually said, you know, she started drinking and partying. It's my life. I'm not hurting anybody. And yet she's got these kids in the way, in the wake behind of all of this stuff that she's doing. You know, where were they? They could have easily been the ones who got kicked off the dock in the, in the river, so to speak. And they're drowning and nobody's paying attention. Yeah. And so... She, she realizes, and talk about the goodness and the forgiveness of God. Those same said kids that were kind of kicked to the curve while she pursued her life and her career and all that kind of stuff, she now lives with them. One is saved, and a granddaughter is saved. Mm -hmm. That's God saying, I see you, girl. Yeah. I will reward those who seek after me. And man... What a great testimony. You know, Ronnie is a gifted pianist. Yes. And, and um, you know, she plays uh, um, in, in our, our Easter um, large group that we have. Mm -hmm. and, and, of course, this year it was all canceled because of the quarantine, the mm -hmm. COVID thing. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I miss watching. I just, I just love to see how much she enjoys uh, being a part of a worship team. Yeah. 
In fact, she mentioned that because she says, there is now much contentment, joy, and peace. God has answered many of her prayers. Um, one, she gets to work from home. And like, like I said, one child and a grandchild is saved. But she gets to worship with Dr. Peter and Sheba on Monday night. So you'll see her on the keyboard playing and singing before she even goes up to teach. She's just in awe of God and, and who he is and what he's done for her. It's, it's just a real blessing. But I would never have guessed that she was the way she was back in the day, and that's just the power of God. Transforming Speaking lives. of worship, and I'll, you, you get right back on track in a minute. But I, was, I was so blessed last night with worship. Oh, yes. Uh, just so blessed. Um, uh, a woman in our church named Amy, she's been around for a really long time, and uh, we love her, and she loves us, and we've been through a lot of stuff together. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time that I, I heard her singing, picking up a guitar, it wasn't all that great. I mean, she was just learning, and she's grown so much, and she's been through a lot, but she's grown mm-hmm. so much. And um, when she started worshiping last night, we're, we're doing small groups because mm-hmm. of the, the, the restrictions on on people and exposure. Um, but I, I was just unbelievably blessed. It was like I was transported right in the throne room of God mm-hmm. just because I know the heart she has. I know what she's been through. Mm-hmm. But the quality of the worship was just fantastic. I, I enjoyed it a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, you know, um, with Amy in particular, uh, you know, the word says... I've given you these gifts, but I want you to use them, develop them. And she is one who takes this gift of leading worship very seriously, as we all should. She's the worship leader in our Manor House ministry. Yes, sir. And you can tell she really works at it. When we went to, when she goes, when I go to Mexico and she goes with us, she's the worship leader there, and she learns how... um, to sing in, in Spanish so that she can bless the ladies there. Amazing. Yeah, and I knew, I knew, because I didn't know she was going to be singing, but I was just sitting there minding my own business, getting, thinking, she's going to blow Pastor Ron's mind because he has no idea. He hasn't heard her in so long. Um, just the, the quality. And was her voice so clear and strong and beautiful? At first, she was just kind of a shy and barely would sing out. We had no idea. But it was just amazing. So, yeah. Okay, we're about three minutes, Paula, so get back on track quickly. Uh, Where was I? (laughs) You know, it's not going to get any better. I say this all the time. What What was I talking about? (laughs) What? Anything you want for three minutes. Okay. Um, Well... I'm like a mom, you know, and I want to say to all my kids, even those that are older than me, that um, I miss you and I love you and we're praying for you every single day. So get better and, you know. You're you're kind of my textatory. Oh, I'm not just kind of. (laughs) Most of my, not most of my, a lot of my texts say, Mama, please ask, ask Papa this or or, 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 or Paula, please um, ask Pastor Ron this. So what is it you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> I just said, no, you made me lose my track. Of my oh, sorry. Um, um, it, it's nice. Literally every morning we get texts from people updating us on their condition, how they're doing, mm-hmm. people we've been praying for. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really neat thing. And speaking of prayer, we're, we're coming that's back it. Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, to our corporate prayer times. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we pray here at the church at 9.30 every Saturday morning um, during the shutdown and reevaluating what ministries that we're doing. Uh, it just occurred to me that the, the one thing we need to do more than anything now at a time like this is pray. Yeah, absolutely. So we got plenty of room in the sanctuary. There can be social distancing masks. You just have to speak loudly mm-hmm. when you pray. But we're, I'm really excited. We've been off maybe for a month. Um, for from Saturday morning prayer, mm-hmm. and um, I'm really excited. God has answered so many of our prayers, and I think when we come back Saturday, I think it's just going to be a matter of uh, really praying for the heart of God through this and how we can minister through this and how we can can introduce Him to people whose lives need to be and can be changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am um, I'm, I'm ministering to via text mostly. And then every once in a while, um, you know, there's, there's people who just have to be at the church building. 
whether it's outside in the car or or not. And um, they just have to be they have to be close by. Um, and they're kind of like, I have to keep telling them I can't hug you. I got my I got my mask on. Says you know I want to hug you, but I can't. You know, <laughs> of course I already blew that Sunday morning, but I, I repented and you know Lord understands. But um, some of them just really need the encouragement, Pastor Ron, mm-hmm. especially the new believers, and they don't yeah. know. We will be praying for those people on Saturday for sure. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program. Paula has got something new for the second half of the program, but we'd love your live calls and questions. Federico, we will get you right after the break. This is the Word to Stand In for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't have time to call into the Word to Stand On for Life? No problem. If you've got questions, you can email them to Pastor Ron at PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the Date Day Show, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Let's go to Federico on line one. Federico, thanks for holding. You are on the air. Gloria Dios Benaventurado. I I heard uh, Miss Paula there. Paola, Paola, mamma mia. Paola and Mr. Senor Federico. Pastor, I was just thinking right now as you were speaking, when we reach that point of hopelessness, Mm. I don't know how many people have reached that point. And we humble ourselves before God. And we come to Him and ask for forgiveness. I remember I was in a prison cell. And I just ruined my life because of the sinful way that I was living. And and nobody wants to go through bad times. But sometimes those bad times bring something good out of there. Yeah. Especially if you repent and, and, and you humble yourself. I think the key word, it might, people would humble themselves and seek me and praise and repent. I think that says it all. Yeah, I agree and if we everything. love God and if we love one another. And I pray that the, because of all the gifts of the, uh, the Holy Spirit, I think God is looking for the fruit of love. Because in in some verse, in the verse, I think it's First Corinthians, it says, I may have all gift of tongues and of men and, and prophecies and, 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 and all faith to to remove mountains. But if I don't have love, I am nothing and I have nothing. So I think we should all pray that that fruit of the Holy Spirit will manifest itself in all of our congregations. Because that would, in the end, that's what God is going to look at. Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. Lord, Lord, we did all this in your name. And what did God tell them? Depart <laughs> from me. Why? If they were doing God's will, and they were doing all this, why did God tell them? And they were doing it in his name. Why did God tell them, depart from me? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe love wasn't there. The love of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, actually, actually, Federico, the answer to the question, when he said, depart from me, he said, for I never knew you. And without love, it's impossible for God to know us. We, first, we've got to love God, but, but when asked what the greatest commandment was, Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second is like unto it. In other words, he's putting it on the same level as that. Love your neighbor, love your brother as yourself. And I think you hit the nail right on the head, right at the beginning, when you said that people are without hope. They're, they're dwelling now in a place and in a time of hopelessness. Uh, we're, we're bombarding ourselves with news. I had a, 
question yesterday on the program about somebody who, who, who wanted to know what I thought about churches who were closing. And, and I said, you know, if we're closing the doors of churches, we're closing the doors of hope. And for a lot of people, it's the only hope that they have in their life that's tangible. It's that connection to the body. It's a connection to Jesus. And Federico, as you and I have talked about before, we, we don't do well in isolation. And it's in these times when the isolation is forced. It's in these times when we've got to cling to the hope that's been promised to us. Um, and and w- again, without hope, we're all going to die. You know, another thing that your First Corinthians 13 passage said is that it doesn't matter how much you know, uh, if you can fathom all mysteries, without love, you're just a clanging symbol. In other words, you're just making noise. And there's a lot of Christians making a lot of noise, and it's absent love. And that's sort of what Paul meant when he talked about having a form of godliness but denying the power of. There's a lot of people who, who are professing believers who refuse to act in love towards their brother or towards their sister. And uh, when we get in that, that place, we're in, a, we're in the, the devil's vice grip. And we're going to lose hope. Federico, thank you very much. Thank you for the blessing when you call, by the way. I appreciate it very, very much. Yeah. How are you feeling, Federico? Hey, Paola, it's yes. good to hear you. One of these days, I'm going to find a way to go over there and meet both of you. <laughs> and you're, okay. You you're, better. You're so judge- yes, ma'am. And, and, and another last point, forgiveness. Because if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that stands in front of us forgiving is my ego and my pride in my flesh. We have to forgive. Mm. Beautiful nope. picture, Federico. Thank you very, very much. Mm-hmm. You know, Paula, one of the favorite things he said was was, was humility. Mm-hmm. We've we got to be humble enough to say, you know what, I'm not where I need to be. And if we're unwilling to forgive people, um, we're not where we need to be. Yeah. Period. And and, and then, then we're again, we're right in the devil's grip again. And he's going to pound, and he's going to pound, and he's going to pound. I think, Paul, and you and I have talked about this a lot, so this isn't a shock to you, but I think that this whole church's closing thing and the fear that's been stricken in believers in the world is going to turn out to be the single most harmful side effect for the church of Jesus Christ. We're going to lose people. They're going to drift away. They're going to get devoured by an enemy all unnecessarily and, it, and it's, it's because that anchor just isn't there and our whole sort of lackadaisical attitude toward church well you know I can go but I can watch online so I can stay here uh, That's that's been going on for a long time now with the advent of technology and technology's great we got people that are getting saved watching the live stream. We've got people that, that God is speaking directly to, and it's wonderful for people that really can't be here. The problem is there's a lot of people that can and should be here. They've decided to take the easy way out, and they're using the quarantine and the, and the epidemic as an excuse to sort of um, get comfortable in their drifting away. Paul writes to the, to the Hebrews, um, uh, be careful of drifting away. Drifting never happens suddenly. Um, you're, you're not aware of it. As you know, I was a surfer, and you get out in the ocean, and you'd find yourself two, three miles from where you started. Cause you Where's get, my family? You get caught in a riptide, mm-hmm. and, um, and and you, you weren't aware of it. It just, it just happens slowly, yeah. and that's what happens uh, in the church. Yeah. We're, we're drifting away slowly, and in so doing, we're putting ourselves in a dangerous spiritual place. Yeah. You know, I was reading uh, in Psalm 123 today, and, and I'm, it's real short, so I'm going to read it. It's only four verses. Where, it's, uh, where I was saying, you know, because I, I don't know how to pray, so I pray that the prayers are in the Bible for the most part. And so I was saying, Lord, I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. We keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their master as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, for we have had our fill of contempt. We have had more than our fill of the scoffing of the proud and the contempt of the arrogant. Those who are proud and arrogant, babe, are are those who say, you know, church isn't 
a necessity. You know, I got this. That's what they're saying. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah. And and Federico's comment about humility being mm-hmm. being essential. Um, that's the opposite of humility. The moment we think Jesus said, apart from you, you can do nothing, mm-hmm. and we don't believe that. I had a caller yesterday. I think Jim Jack um, Jack. He yes. was so honest. He's so, yeah. And he said, you know, I'm not sure I believe that. He said, uh, apart from me, I'm not sure. I think it was Jim, though. Oh, yeah, I think it was, too. Jack is the one who was upset that church was meeting. Yeah, Yeah. this this was a caller. Yes. And he was honest enough on the air to say, you know, I'm not sure I believe that. And we could have an an honest dialogue Mm -hmm. about how important it is to be honest Mm -hmm. and humble. And when Christians don't think church is essential... We're in a really, really bad place as a, as a church in general. Yeah. And that's the place that we are. And the world, of course, is trying everything that they can to keep us away from it. Mm-hmm. And we so easily comply because actually we like to take the easy way out. And again, Paul says, that's when you begin drifting away and you're getting up so far away from where you started that you're not even going to recognize the place you are. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's been happening. And so, you know, Saturday prayer is going to be back. And we who show up um, will be those begging the Lord to have mercy on our brothers and sisters who have and are drifting away farther and farther. Um, And for me, remembering if they're truly saved, he can talk to them. And he will. And he will. And he'll put them in situations where... They will cry out again for mercy. Yeah. I, I'm a pastor. I know. You know that. Mm-hmm. I've been here for a while. But, but it, <laughs> the part that breaks my heart yeah. is the unnecessary pain that people are going to experience. Yeah, I know. Again, I'm not talking about salvation. Yeah. I'm just talking about you put yourself in a place where the enemy can destroy, and he will. Yeah. And we think we're going to be okay, but just the opposite is proven true. Let's take our friend Tanya from San Diego, California, on line one. Tanya, thanks for calling. Paul is smiling so big now. You're on the air. Yay. Hi, Mom and Dad. How are you guys doing? Hi, beautiful girl. We're doing well. Well, How are you? We're, we're, still, got, well, we're still unable to go to church here. Um, they haven't let us back. But I do have a friend um, that is in Texas, and... Um, how would Mama Paula, how would you encourage her? Um, her husband is extremely frightened of this COVID, and she's desperate to go back to church, and he's saying, no, they're not going. So what, how would you, I just told her, you know, pray. We're going to keep praying, and the Lord really touches his heart, and, and you know, it's brought her to tears, obviously. She loves her church home. Um, and so any encouragement you can give, I, I would really appreciate that. I told her I, I would call today and, and get some get some good some good info. Um, and, and, of course, I told her the most important thing we can do is, is pray for the Lord to minister to his heart. Let me ask you two questions before before Paul answers. First, is, is the husband a believer? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. That he's a believer, Okay. Yes. Boy, that's distressing. Yes, mm-hmm. Second thing is, you, you mentioned that you're not allowed to go back to church yet, but but I know a lot of the churches in California are opening in defiance of the governor's orders. Is that is that not the case in the area you're in? No, no, sir. It, it's not. It, there's. It's not. Our church has. Um, they're trying to figure out a way to do it, but that's always, you know, the answer that we're getting is we're, we have to wait. We have to wait. We have to wait, and so. Um, I've been logging into you guys. Obviously, I I never stopped doing that though after I've left. So <laughs> even though I'm not there, I kind of know what's going on already. So, um, but no, I, I they, we have not opened our doors, and because um, we're in Alameda County, so mm-hmm. they are able to do a lot more strict uh, rules should they see fit. And so, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I could go to a, and I don't go to casinos, but I could go to a casino and place a bet, but I can't go to church. It's, it's making no yeah. sense to me at all. Yeah, and tell so me how, how far, cut, how far are you from Fremont? Uh, I'm about, let's see, probably 30 miles from there. Not okay. too, too far. Is, is Tim okay. Brown open? My, my, 
yeah, my friend Pastor Tim, he's open, and it's a small church. They got room to separate, so so they're actually meeting. And uh, I love Tim with all my heart. So if you get desperate, you can go out there. Tell him I said hello. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think Carlson and I would certainly uh, do that. We've just been told here that we can't, so that's why we were just waiting. But. Yeah, I was worried about my friend because they texted, obviously, you guys can go, and she's just concerned, and she's feeling like they're, like you mentioned, Papa, that she's just kind of, they're kind of just drifting away, and and she's feeling awful about it. So any help you could give Mama Paula and Papa, I would appreciate it, and I love you guys very much. Thank you. We miss you with all of our hearts. You know, she's kind of in the same situation as we are here watching our loved ones who are Christians um, just so paranoid, so afraid that they're letting this fear um, keep them from following Jesus. And, you know, I've been, I've I've told Ron, I I read Nehemiah chapter 4 today, and we as Christians um, need to be saying, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And so you told her, right, she needs to pray. And at the same time, being the wife, that's so difficult because we are called to submit to our husbands as unto the Lord, but that as unto the Lord, where the Lord says, and, you know, you don't want to be um, rebellious or anything like that. And so seriously pray together. If he's so afraid, he's going to, pull her away from the Lord, um, I would just pray again and say, babe, you are, uh, I'm going to leave you in the hands of the Lord, but I got to go to church. So that's my counsel. I may be wrong, but that, that's what, that's what I did in, in our house. But Ron wasn't saved. Now this is a believing husband and yet he's leading his wife. And if they have children, um, down the road of, fear and paranoia instead of trusting the Lord who is great and glorious and powerful. Yeah, and let me, let me add a couple of things. Um, um, Tanya, th- this is a case, now, but believers need to be able to talk about these things. Yeah. And this is where a husband and a wife, if they're in the Word together, and if they're drifting away, they're probably not in the Word together. But, but, but here's where a wife, and, and as you know, I'm not married to a shy woman. She, she doesn't hold her opinions. She doesn't, um, uh, she's not afraid to come and talk to me about things that are troubling her. And this is a place where um, if a husband and a wife will sit down and open the word together, let God knit their hearts together supernaturally, this is a place where the wife can say to her husband, look, I'm following your leadership, and your leadership is leading me into a desperate place. Now, I know that's brutal, but it's honest. You're leading me into a place of desolation, a place of desperation. And, and I don't think this is what the Lord would have us do. It's a time when you can say, let's talk about faith. Do we really believe in God? Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to get sick. But do they really believe that by, and this is the, the honest question she ought to ask, do you really believe that God's okay knowing I'm desperate for fellowship. Do you think he's really okay with you saying no? Do you think he's okay with you being so afraid that you won't go? And then she can say, look, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. You're the spiritual head of my house. However, I want you to understand that you're going to have to stand before God and give account of your stewardship over this ministry and um, the man I love, the man of God that I fell in love with, uh, that's a man who followed Jesus. And I want to be sure when you tell me you're afraid that you're following Jesus. And here's the thing, Tanya, and this is, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upset people when I say this, but there isn't one capable person, and I don't mean people who are in danger, I, by that I mean if you're physically compromised, stay home. God gets it. He understands it. But here's the problem. I don't believe that the people who could be at church and who should be at church, I don't believe that they're asking God what he wants them to do. I think they're just deciding uh, in their own minds, you know, listening to the news and listening to all the chicken little the sky is falling reports. 
I think they're just doing the easy thing instead of saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Every man needs to understand that he's responsible for his wife and children in the home. Am I doing, Jesus, what you want me to do? And I would ask this, or I would would encourage this woman to um, to say, um, look, I need to know that you've prayed about this, that you just haven't made a decision to give in to fear. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people, oh, it's just wisdom, you know, you're just being wise, you want to protect yourself and your family. But, but our Christian responsibility, Tanya, is to do what Jesus tells us to do. Yeah. And, and when we're afraid... Faith is the antidote to that fear. And all we have to do is say, Lord, I am afraid, but what do you want? I'm a servant. Mm. And we who are Christians, we don't get to take a year off because of COVID. We're still obligated to serve. We're still obligated to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're still obligated to minister to our families. And this whole drifting away thing is absolutely desperate. So, Tanya, I hope that helps. You might, uh, if you think it would help, you might text Paula her phone number. I don't know what part of Texas she lives in, but you might text Paula her phone number, and maybe Paula can reach out to her and encourage her and give her uh, uh, some prayers as well. Thank you, Tanya, very, very much. Let's now go to Jimmy on line one from San Antonio. (laughs) Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Were your ears burning, Jimmy? (laughs) Oh. Oh, it wasn't. I heard y'all. It was cool. With y'all. Oh, hey, I was. I have a pastor friend of mine, and he said that there's not. He says that there's not going to be no rapture. And and I said, well, there's a lot of preachers preaching about it, but then I found in, I found it in um in in First Thessalonians four one right, the coming of the Lord. It says, for the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of an archangel and with a trumpet call of God. And the, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, who are still alive and left will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So I said, well, my wife and I believe in the rapture. And then he told me to read the parables of the ten virgins, but I don't understand what that's saying there. I can help, Jimmy. The, the, the parable of the ten virgins has nothing to do with the rapture of the church. That's um, um, in the Olivet Discourse. Jesus is talking about the time we call the Great Tribulation. This is very, very Jewish. It's Jewish in form. It's Jewish in thought. And, and what he's telling the Jews who are plotting his death He's, he's telling them that, look, um, God's going to come when you think not, and you need to be ready. He's already told them that Jerusalem and the temple is going to be destroyed. We know that happened in 70 AD. Um, but um, uh, the parable of ten virgins has nothing to do. Now, he's probably listening to those who are... Um, uh, th- those who don't believe in the rapture of the church, they're either amillennial, they, they believe that there, there is no literal millennium, or they they believe in in um, um, a preterist view of eschatology. I'm going to give you the verses here, Jimmy. First Corinthians fifteen, fifty one, um, and fifty two. Um, this is Paul saying, "Listen, I tell you a mystery. Mystery is something that's never before been disclosed." He says, we will not all sleep, and sleep is a euphemism for die in, in that culture, and Jesus used it uh, with Lazarus, and, and he said, uh, you, you, if Lazarus is asleep, his disciples said, then he'll get better. No, Lazarus is going to die. That's what he meant. So here's what he said, we will not all die, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be Change now. That's a, a, a metamorphosis. The word we get is the Greek word metamorpho, and um, that, that's when we change in that assumption. When Jesus sounds the trumpet—not a literal trumpet, but a trumpet of readiness—when He sounds that trumpet, then we're going to be changed. And you know, it, it's only been in the last maybe five to ten years 
that people start denying that 1 Corinthians 15, 51, and 52 spoke clearly about a rapture. They know there's differences of opinion in the timing of the rapture, but nobody before denied the fact that there was a rapture. All of a sudden, we got people who are, are, are outsmarting themselves and twisting Scripture to conclude, oh, there's no rapture, that's silliness. Believe me, there's no other sense that 1 Corinthians 15, 51, and 52 makes sense. So, Jimmy, that's it. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for calling. We're almost out of time, so I want to get back to Paula. What do you want to close with? Um, I had a friend tell me, I had a friend tell me, like Tanya, you know, she could go to the casino and make a bet, but she can't go to church. I had a friend tell me that she has a a person who refuses to go see their family, um, of course, not going to church, but they're going to get their massages. And so it just depends on what is a priority for you. And, you know, like I was saying, confessions of a grandma in the backyard, you know, what's my priority? Lord, is it to please you or is it to please myself? Is it to fight? You were telling us last night that our walk with the Lord is a marathon um, and that there's no time off. And so for, for me... I want to just keep pursuing the Lord. I don't know how long I have either, but I sure want to have a great legacy (laughs) left behind. Thank you, Paula. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'll be back by myself tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 Word. We'll see you then. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.